everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I hope your week is starting off with a, a bang and everybody's happy. Um, happy Father's Day belated to all of you guys in the audience and to all the moms who pulled double duty. Um, my guest today is Bar- Barb Warner-Dean. Barb grew up in the Finger Lakes area of upstate New York. It's beautiful up there. I have friends that used to mm. live up there, and I go and visit in the spring. Big mistake, pollen everywhere. There was stuff flying around in the air. But it is a gorgeous place to go. <laughs> um, yes. But she, it is beautiful there, isn't it, Barb? Um, so, but heaven, you know, yep. she lives she lives in Chicago now. We were just talking about the weather. It's 57 in Chicago, and here it's 97 in southwest Florida. So, um, you know, we're, we're practically related. Barb is um, a, a, a repenting former lawyer and um, who, who, <laughs> who, who also writes historical fiction. But she's really interesting because her current gig is an IT tech specialist for high school. I'm not sure how all that ties in. We're going to figure that out. But she's also, a, and this is something that interests me, a big genealogy buff. So we're going to find out um, about that, her love of Harry Potter, and she loves to travel. As a matter of fact, I think she's been in 47 states out of the 50. We'll see if that changed since her website. And 40 two countries on six continents jeez welcome barbara warner dean how are you barb well i'm well thank you so much pam it's great to be here i'm thrilled that you're here my goodness gracious did you start traveling like right out of the womb uh you've been everywhere <laughs> you know, not so much now, you know, you my mother always if... wanted to travel and never really uh-huh. did so we tried to Aww. make up for some of that uh, I know my mom wanted to travel too. She got to, but not as much as she wanted to, I think. You mentioned in the yeah. green room that your husband travels quite a bit and that you lived um, a couple of years in Shanghai, China, and also in Frankfurt, Germany, which is a great book town, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and your husband still travels. So I'm assuming you get to go a lot of the times. I actually don't because, you know, the dreaded day job. Um, While I work at a high school, I work 12 months of the year. You know, the teachers and the students get the summers off, but I only get two two weeks of vacation, just like a lot of, you know, work and stuff. So, sadly, I don't get to go with him very often. He recently was in Germany and Croatia, and the, the pictures from Croatia looked gorgeous. Yes. Someday, that's on my list. That, it's on my bucket list, too. I'm hoping to mm-hmm. go to um, Vietnam next year, so we'll see how that plays mm. out. I, my friend and I are planning that one. There's so many places I want to see. But first of all, I we want did to not get to Vietnam. Well, yeah. you know, Sorry. we can talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention that, that Barb Warner-Dean, and that's D-E-A-N-E for all you who are listening, um, has a book that just recently released at the end of May called And Then There Was You. It's a Harper's Glen novel. It's a beautiful cover. Um, very, mm-hmm. very, very lovely. Uh, and it is a very interesting book. So let's first of all talk 
uh, about your love of historical fiction because you also mentioned that you do a lot of library talks on his, all things historical. How did this well, genre... Well, my focus is women of World War II. Wow, very interesting. And more and more books are coming out about the role women played in World War II and other wars, as a matter of fact. Um, where did this love of history come from with for you? Well, uh, World War, I've always been interested in history, and I've always particularly loved historical fiction, uh, historical romance, even um, nonfiction, uh, good nonfiction. But um, I think World War II grabbed my attention because, you know, my parents were of the greatest generation. My father was in the Navy in the war. Um, right. My aunt and uncle, my uncle was in the Army. Um, so it, I just became fascinated with the whole, you know, greatest generation. Um, mm-hmm. And I found as I read more and more books about World War II, as you say, there's more and more um, novels out there about the roles of women, but they're not American women. Very few of those books are set here on the American home front during the war, even though our American women were working in industry. We were in the military. We were were helping out on the farms. We were doing every role possible because men weren't doing them. So I, I just felt compelled to write and talk about what our American women were doing during the war. Well, that's an important thing because, you know, we all know that history books are generally written by professors or people who have an interest in selling those books. And so our true history does not get passed down from generation to generation. Um, And you would think it would because we are in the digital age and um, you would think that these things would be available, but, uh, you know, they're not, and they're not taught, and that's unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that you like to read things historical. Do you have favorite writers for historicals? Well, um, when it comes to uh, World War II era fiction, I would say Kristen Hanna's um, The Nightingales, one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorites. Um, mm-hmm. And I have um, I have a number of books in that related genre that I, you know, really liked. Um, I can't frankly remember the author, but Beneath a Scarlet Moon was fabulous. Um, The Alice Network. I mean, there's just, there's so many good World War II era fiction, but not many of them are here in the States. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to send you um, some, I'm going to send you some names so of of people that I know who write in in that genre, ah, and hopefully you'll excellent. like it. Yes, um, you were in law practice for a while. You've, you've come to your senses and said, "I'm not going to do that anymore." What was your specialty in law? Um, I practiced employment law, so uh, discrimination, wrongful discharge, that sort of thing, which is. It's, I think, second only to family law in terms of being emotionally charged and, oh, yeah. and it, you know, high-stakes stuff. I mean, obviously, Absolutely. losing your family, matters related to your family are more emotional, but 
losing your job or being discriminated or being harassed is it pretty much cuts to the heart of everybody and so i found the the law compelling i loved the research i loved the writing i just didn't love the lawyers <laughs> including yeah. me you know when i practice <laughs> the way our adversarial system it, it brings out the worst in people it's interesting my so brother I, is an attorney he does uh, corporate litigation his wife is an attorney and she said the exact same thing she said it's just mm-hmm. too adversarial so she became mm-hmm. a clerk for um the law school dean and and really oh, enjoyed wonderful. that a lot yeah and enjoyed as a, ju- a, a, a an appellate judge's clerk so um she said the same mm-hmm. I, I think you really have to have some really some kind of superpower to go ahead and go into family practice or employment law not any, not yeah. two areas that are not that easy, for sure. No. So I want to get back to your book writing. When okay. did you decide so I have... to start writing? Yes, I want to hear about your books. Let's talk about them. Okay. Well, I, I started writing. Let's see. I have a copy of the first book I ever written when I was in third grade about being a Brownie Girl Scout. Luckily, I don't draw the pictures anymore like I did back then. Um, you still have your third grade been, book? Wow. Yes, yes. It's very cool. A bit of a pack rat. Um, I <laughs> uh, have been writing for a long time. I joined the Romance Writers of America in 1999 and wow. rapidly worked on my first um, manuscript, which will never see the light of day. Uh, and same with number two. But then by the third one... Um, I worked on it for a number of years, put it away when we moved to Germany, concentrated on my three daughters and our life in uh, Europe and then China. And I think it was, frankly, when I was living in China, I picked it up again and I started on the home front, which was my first published historical Mm -hmm. World War II novel. And I followed it up very quickly with Killing Her Softly, which was the first of my Harper's Glen novels. Those are contemporary romantic suspense, uh, uh-huh. Killing Her Softly, and and then there was you. And on the home front was published in uh, August of 2017, and now my second historical World War II novel, entitled um, The Whistle Stop Canteen, is going to be out this August. Two years, two years wow. later. Wow, fantastic! That's yeah, wonderful. that will be number four. Wow, Thanks. how fun! How fun for you? Um, did you always want to write a book as an adult? I yeah, mean. pretty did much. Did you have that in your? I head? wrote really, really bad poetry in high school. Oh, everybody did. It was angsty and full of hormonal stuff. <laughs> yes, it was just awful, yes. wasn't it? And you read yeah, really yeah. angsty poetry as well. I remember that. Rod <laughs> McEwen and everything else. Oh, yes. I poetry wrote about love. short stories yeah. back then, and they were pretty awful as well. <laughs> well, but you know, but. If you knew you wanted to write, and so you you stayed with it. I mean, not that writing legal briefs is the same, but it does <laughs> at least you know how to tell a story without all the extraneous stuff in it, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that was definitely my strength when it came to the law. I was I was offered a, a teaching assistant position in legal writing, 
in law school and um, you know that was from the very beginning that was definitely my strength was the research and writing which I think is why historical speaks to me so much because I love digging into the research as I do with the genealogy. Well, let's talk about the genealogy before we go forward. Um, that fascinates me because um, uh, my one of my brothers asked me if I knew much about our family tree. And it's very interesting because my parents eloped from Massachusetts. Mm. And I think they were in South Carolina when they got married. I think my mom, like, had a brain fart and said, hey, I can't run off with you unless I'm married. And so they had a, a civil ceremony and then came to Miami and, and got married in the church. But we never thought to ask about our grandparents because we didn't have any living grandparents. So it never right. dawned on us to ask questions. Um, you know, and I thought I would undertake at one time. Boy, that's a lot of work to go and to try to find out, especially with um, the names. You know, my father's family was mm-hmm. Polish and my mom's family was Lithuanian, and they Americanized their, their last names. So it was hard. Sure. How did you decide to do this, and how far back have you gone? Well, I actually started this shortly after I got married, so we're talking 36 years ago. Back then, there was no Internet. Um, Basically, I took the family Bible, and my mother went with me to visit some of my great aunts and some of my grandparents' generation that were still living. Um, My sisters followed me along to cemeteries where we looked at headstones and all that. But most of my research was writing away to... Uh, the Mormon church, writing away right. to the National Archives, all of that sort of thing, and then you wait months to get things in the mail. So uh, it's a long way from Ancestry.com. Um, but I have, over the course of the 36 years, stumbled on some really cool stuff, you know, books written about, you know, family trees and um, once I connected our family tree back to William, the governor, William Bradford, who was the first governor of Plymouth Plantation with the group that came over on the Mayflower, once that connection was made, then it opened up a whole lot more information. And wow. I, I think actually the earliest date that I have on the tree and it's been a long time since I I looked at it, but I think it's about the year 830 A.D. I mean, yeah, A.D. 830 A.D.? 830, yeah. 830, yeah. Holy moly. How in the world did you ever – I just don't understand how you can go back that far. That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, the good thing is, at, once you get back to particularly Western Europe um, and start going back further and further, you're all related, um, and, and everybody's oh, related to royalty in some way. And so there's lots and lots of materials about the royal, you know, pedigrees and the the lines that go back very far. You know, Charlemagne and um, you know all these big names, they go back a long way once you're connected to those. 
That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. My mother used to tell me, oh, you know, you were, we were royalty in Lithuania, but we were over, it was a Russian satellite country when, you know, my mom's family came sure. over. And so I'd say, geez, mom, are you sure I wasn't switched at birth? I feel like I should be a princess or something. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. She said, no, it was only teasing. So that's fascinating. Uh, so it all lends to your interest in history then. So speaking yeah. of your genealogy search and your love of World War II, did any of your relatives pass through World War II that you were surprised to learn about? Well, it's interesting. You know, I have this great picture of my father in a naval aviator's, you know, jacket with the the you know the leather hood kind of thing yes. with the goggles and the, the big cap, furry yeah. coat. I mean, it's it and and what I determined. I mean, he was relatively young. Um, he was only born in '24, so he was only 21 when the war was wow. over. So. He um, started college right out of high school and so was deferred, but then he flunked out at the end of his first year. So he Oops. found himself in, yeah, found himself in the Navy. Um, and so he didn't really talk about it. None of them really talk about it. I mean, I no. find when I'm giving these programs that some, some men come and speak to me during the program about their World War II service, and I think it's things they've never really told anybody else because they just don't talk about it. But, yeah, uh, yeah so I, I find my hus- my father's military records and realize that the furthest from home he got was Mississippi before <laughs> the war was over. <laughs> Listen, he had good intentions, you know, even if he flunked <laughs> oh, out, sure. he, he had good intentions. <laughs> he could have run away and he didn't, so bless him for his yep, service. Yep. You know, even if it was Mississippi, that's okay. We needed people with yeah. boots on the ground in the country, too, so that's good. Um, there you go. So, so you've always had an active interest in history. Let's talk a little bit about this book, and then there was you. Um, it reminds me of a song, you know, since I'm, um, mm-hmm. I used to be a pian- piano player, and, I, and, and this song is, is, always stays in the back of my head every time I look at your book. Let's talk about it. Tell it, give us the elevator pitch. Well, this is the this is a romantic suspense set in the small town of Harper's Glen, which just happens to be right next door to Watkins Glen, which is my hometown in the Finger Lakes. And um, in 1973, Watkins Glen, which was a town of less than 2,000 people, was home of the Summer Jam Rock concert. It was four years after Woodstock, but um, the concert brought in 600,000 people to my oh little my tiny hometown. Yeah. And um, so obviously there was a lot of chaos over the course of this crazy um, drug filled Grateful Dead weekend. And um, during the course of the weekend up at the up at the um, concert, a baby was born. And so for me, this and my book and then there was you came from the idea of what would happen if a woman living in the town now who would be in her mid 40s found out, oh, by the way, that baby was you. So that was the base of what this story started with. I mean, it's a contemporary story, but it brings in a lot of what happened during that Summer Jam Rock concert. Um, I was 11 the weekend of that concert, and I remember people just everywhere sleeping on the 
the parkway between the sidewalk and the street in front of our post office of cars parked, you know, 40 miles away and people walking to town. It was chaos. (laughs) My God. So my character Marnie finds out through a course of um, situations that she was, in fact, the baby born during that rock concert and abandoned and later adopted, although uh, not quite legally. And this leads her to connections with Scott, who is a state trooper and happens to be investigating a child trafficking ring that has been going on in the area for decades. And it becomes just a little bit uncomfortable for her when she realizes this might have might have involved some of her family or been part of her origin story. But they are working to protect a couple of teenagers who find themselves expecting a baby and are being threatened by the child trafficking ring. Wow. Uh, you know, it's pretty current stuff, too, even if you have it set, you know, 20-something years prior. The fact of the matter is that it's, you know, it's going on. I mean, that's going on a sure. lot, and it hasn't stopped. So, yes, it's contemporary, and maybe it is, you know, the the origins of the story are rather historical and, and rather factual, you know, you just got to play on that, yeah. which is really interesting. Um, congratulations on your success with this book. Um, your reviews are very, very strong. Um, readers are liking it. I know that our review team thought it was terrific. So um, I'm really glad that um, <laughs> that you that you've written this, and you have the next part of this series is coming out at the end of this year um no the the harper's glen the next series the next book in the harper's glen series is just on the computer screen at the moment it hasn't gone Uh, very far yet um the next historical i write so i I write both the world war ii historical and the contemporary suspense so the next book that's coming out in August is the Whistle Stop Canteen, and that's a historical World War II women on the home front in North Platte, Nebraska, of all places, um, based on the true story of an incredible volunteer effort of the women of North Platte during the war. They um, they rallied together and served over six million servicemen at a volunteer canteen at their train station. They just said, you know what, there's not a lot else we can do for the war, but we can do this. And they did every day, all day, serving six million soldiers. Yeah, remarkable. It's amazing. It's amazing. Isn't the Whistle Stop the name of the fictitious um, cafe in Fried Green Tomatoes? You know, it is. I didn't realize that until I'd written my book. I love that story of fried green tomatoes. Yep. Um, but, yes, it's exactly it, – it, the book is called Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Canteen. Right. Wonderful. My Barb, Whistle Stop Canteen is in Nebraska, though. Right. So this other one is set in the south. I remember that distinctly. Right. Tell everyone where they can find you on the web. So my website is – www.barbwarnerdean.com and that is Dean spelled D-E-A-N-E and I am active on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram so I'm I'm very excited for people to come and check out my website I'm actually running a contest right now for some lucky winner to win an uh, advanced reader's copy of the Whistle Stop Canteen it's so a they can really check that cool out on website. my Facebook page now, 
did you design your own website since you are a techie? Well, you know, the funny thing is I do the hardware of tech, but I have a oh. daughter who is a software engineer at Capital One in Manhattan. So as a Christmas present, she designed my Facebook, my uh, website. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Thank you. Stories She's of strong very women good. in small towns. She's very, very good. Um, it's lovely. This is Barb Warner Dean. The book is called And Then There Was You. And you should remember that because that's a song also. Barb's <laughs> book is available uh, on Amazon and other booksellers. I hope you go there and pick up a copy and make sure to leave a review. Barb Warner Dean, I've had fun talking to you. I'm going to send you some some of my historical books, list of my historical books, and we're going to continue this conversation later, okay? That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to thank you for being with me today, listeners and readers. And thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Bye, Barb. Bye, Pam.